You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Now facing global challenges of globalism and unilateralism, China has been vigorously promoting the vision of a shared future for mankind and aiming to create a new kind of international relations that is based on mutual benefit. So what does this concept of building a community with a shared future for mankind mean to China? And what does history say about countries supporting each other in pursuit of common development? Hi everyone, welcome back to China Africa Talk. I'm Bridget Mutambira and in today's episode we discuss the concept of community with a shared future for mankind and joining this discussion online are guests Dr. Xiaofei Zhou the Vice Dean of China Africa Economic and Trade Research Institute Zhejiang Gongsheng University Professor welcome to the program thank you also joining us online all the way from Kenya is Professor Peter Kagwanja He is an intellectual policy advisor, strategist and specialist in African affairs, governance and security. Professor Kagwanja, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Bridget. Greetings from Nairobi. Thank you so much. Perhaps let's start with Professor Joe Fay. It's been 10 years now since the concept of community with a shared future for mankind was first introduced by China. What in your view is this concept is it a political concept is it economic is it social what exactly is this concept right personally i think uh, it will be like a program action or guideline helping different countries and nations and that will be helpful for our economic development mm. and for people's living for the future we created a common goals for all the universe and for the world to have a guideline to follow okay So for economic, we try to build a win-win cooperation for multilateral trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are we are not alone on the great world, and then the whole world is one family. So community with a shared future for mankind is a guideline for our world, for the universe to follow. Yeah, to create a common goals. Okay, and Professor Kagwanja, China has come up with this vision of a community with a shared future. for global governance and development what's your understanding of this concept um i think china is responding to some of the ideas that are globally shaping relations between uh, you know various powers and various countries and also uh, various civilizations in our modern world some of them are coming from the west okay. um, for example the idea that our world is now kind of going down into a class of civilizations and now hegemonic America mm-hmm. must have, you know of necessity go to war and i think both china africa and other civilizations that i that are in our world today are saying no to this kind of idea they are mm. saying it is for humanity to cooperate and work together without necessarily getting to war between or among civilizations mm-hmm. and therefore it is possible for us to forge a common destiny based on our common humanity mm-hmm. and therefore create a community of shared destiny for all of us mm-hmm. without necessarily having a community 
of warring functions, a community of people at war with each other. Mm, mm. Africa is home to 54 countries. Do you think that Africa, with its vast cultural diversity, can come together under this concept? How does this merge? Uh, Africa has always worked together. Uh, from the 1940, from 1945, the African people held the first conference, what we call the Manchester Conference, mm-hmm. uh, comprising both French-speaking, English-speaking, and all the African peoples. And we said, we want freedom. We want uh, to overthrow colonialism. Thereafter, we formed the Organization of African Unity. And the 54 countries have worked together. Uh, We we moved that unity into uh, something else. In 2000, we formed the African Union. Mm -hmm. And the African Union then moved to work very, very closely with China Mm -hmm. within China-Africa cooperation. Yes. And because of that, we have been able to emerge as one fastest developing part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Africa is a continent, we have always operated like one country. Right. Uh, in East Africa now, the seven member countries of the East African community mm-hmm. are having one passport. If you are coming to East Africa as the Chinese, mm-hmm. uh, all India, mm-hmm. all Brazilian, all South Africa, you don't need you know, to apply for visas of all countries. You mm-hmm. just need to apply for one visa. So it is possible mm-hmm. to work together. It has possible. Mm-hmm. We continue to fund our unity for the purpose of development. Professor Jaufe? We've just heard from Professor Kaguang, Africa is home to 54 countries. And then on the other hand, here in China, China serves home to 56 official ethnic groups. How does China ensure the ability to coexist with other cultures in China when we look at the Chinese cultural civilization history? I think it's a very interesting Questions. That's a very good. To you compare China and uh, Africa, Africa has over 50 countries and uh, over a billion population, and China as well. We have uh, 56 uh, ethnic groups. Right. But in history, we have developed very well. And the different uh, ethnic groups, we are living together and uh, sharing uh, uh, common goals and the language. Uh, actually, we can't go back to the history like Chinese traditional Confucius uh, cultures. Sure. We emphasize harmony. Mm-hmm. We are not just totally uh, uniform. We respect different cultures and the habits mm-hmm. and the, the living customers. You know, so we try to respect and build up the trust, and we encourage people to be honest and work hard. And we speak in a, a common thing. Mm-hmm. So this is a deeply rooted in Chinese cultures, and uh, now we can share the benefits to our over five thousand years of mm-hmm. civilization. Right. Uh, I think uh, America has some similar uh, experience and can be like uh, China. We can work together although we have different countries. Professor Kogwanja, you mentioned something about the African Union. I'd like to know from you. Chinese president said he stands ready to work with leaders of African countries to build a high-level China-Africa community with a shared future. President Xi made the pledge in his message to the 36th African Union Summit in your point of view, how is China advancing such a vision towards China-Africa relations? It's interesting because China and Africa have a long history of cooperation that goes beyond uh, the colonial period. Okay. And uh, China was one of the uh, countries, uh, group, actually one of the leading countries that uh, championed Africa's decolonization from European power. Mm-hmm. And as a result, Many of these powers, who are still very pressure on the African continent, mm-hmm. have basically tried to drive a wedge between Africa and China, basically depicting China as a colonizing power, 
as a new colonial power. But the whole essence of it is to ensure that China is not a player in Africa. Mm. The contrary. Mm. China has, uh, has, I mean, particularly after China's economic progress Mm -hmm. uh, from 1990. China has become a leading con- I mean, a partner for the continent right. and has placed infrastructure for cooperation with Africa, the most significant thing. Right. The creation of the Pocket of uh, Program for China-Africa Cooperation in 2000 was historic. It opened a pathway for Africa's participation uh, in China's development and China's participation in Africa's development. Mm. Obviously, the creation of the Belt and Road Initiative in 2013 was a landmark and to open again, uh, you know, those avenues of China finance Africa's development and Africa itself to benefit from Chinese market mm-hmm. and China to benefit from African markets and African resources. Mm. So it is possible, it has been possible, and will continue to be possible for China and Africa to cooperate on multiple fronts of development. Mm. Also multiple fronts of peace and security consolidation in our world and to participate in diplomatic engagement to deal with conflicts elsewhere in the world outside China and outside Africa. Mm. And therefore, contributing to building a community of shared destiny for mankind. Professor Zhao Fei, what does history say, though, about China and Africa countries supporting each other in pursuit of uh, common development? Well, uh, China and Africa's relation was a, a very long history. We're helping each other mm-hmm. and supporting each other. But from the 1960s, about 10 years, like Tanzania, Zambia, railway, and also we helping on education, training the students. Right. And also build up a healthcare center and uh, promoting training as well. Right. Still on some of these illustrations, I would like to know from you, Professor Zhao Fei, China-Africa relations have been growing in strength over the years, just as you mentioned, with those wonderful illustrations that you gave. And then we have the Belt and Road Initiative, which has also gained momentum. How is the Belt and Road Initiative contributing to a world of sustainable development under this concept? What's your take? For helping each other, I think not just for one side, it should be Right, China has opened a huge market, right. particularly for the developing and emerging countries. Right. For example, Africa. We encourage Africa's goods to export to China as well, from the wine and the, and the coffee, the tea. In Shanghai, every year we have uh, the importing export now, and uh, more agricultural products going to China, and mm-hmm. we are helping them to marketing as well. Okay, so your words, this is contributing positively towards this whole concept? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Still on Professor Zhao Fei, when faced with the COVID pandemic, China also proposed a global community of shared health for all. Now, in your point of view, how did China implement this proposal and how did it contribute to Africa? Yes, I think it's a common challenge for all of us. Over three years, people experienced that, but we tried helping people from the government, from the people, and also the organization. We supporting with the material and the medical equipment uh, and to innovation for medicine. Some vaccines are free uh, to giving the, the countries or the people who need it, or they may don't have a strong ability to do the medicine production, right? Okay. And another example is we also build the healthcare center in Africa, helping people to maintain their health. This is all the very practical work we do. Okay. Uh, Professor Kagwanja, on the examples of 
shared future. China's experience of bringing more than 800 million people out of poverty is a major resource for African countries that are still struggling with high poverty rates. Now, although each country has its own social economic profile, how can the model uh, provided by China be perhaps effectively used in Africa? Is it possible? It is possible. For example, we have already been told by uh, my professor, mm-hmm. Jiaoping, mm-hmm. that, you know, from the 1970s and, and thereabouts, China provided peacekeeping missions to countries afflicted by violence and conflict mm-hmm. in West Africa, for example, Mali, right. and also in South Sudan, right. as a, providing mediation efforts in Sudan, uh, you know, South Sudan, and even in Ethiopia. And we have begin to see China now expanding its technological support to Africa through Belt and Road Initiative right. in Kenya. Over and above that, China has helped build, uh, you know, the African Union Center in Addis Ababa, one of the most modern, uh, comparable with the UN, uh, you know, uh, headquarters in New York. Mm-hmm. And, and we can go on and on looking at the technological exchanges that have gone on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor also talked about, you know, the, uh, the urban workshops and we have seen China supply technical know-how or technical, uh, you know, and other technologies to uh, technical colleges and institutions in Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Kenya, we are, we are beneficiaries of that. Technical corporations like the international have been providing skills and also forum for expansion of technological exchanges. Mm-hmm. For example, the uh, Afrotech, you know, uh, awards that are given to African countries. It is possible now to achieve this cooperation. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the President Xi Jinping's uh, book, uh, Up, uh, Up and Out from of Poverty. Yes. Yes, and, and I it's very interesting that the, the the Chinese model is not very very different from what Africa uh, would, would want to have, which right. is basically that uh, the vast majority of the African people are below the poverty poverty line, uh, which has been basically accentuated uh, or worsened by the uh, COVID nineteen impact right. uh, and, and and so on. Mm-hmm. And it is possible because you know Africa is now. One of the fastest growing uh, populations in the world. Mm-hmm. We are now at one one point four two billion people, mm-hmm. uh, very, very close uh, to, to to China. Mm-hmm. We I think we, we by twenty three we've overtaken India mm-hmm. as uh, the second largest population. Mm-hmm. And the, the cooperation that we are beginning to I mean we are beginning to experience between Africa and China mm-hmm. uh, is, is is likely to help Africa. But what I would say is that Africa should basically frame or ensure that it is not distracted from its course of development. Okay. Uh, many Africans have adopted a people-centered approaches to development. All right. I think they need to stay there and ensure that, like China, mm-hmm. which adopted it, I mean, opening up and reform, uh, you know, a project or a program, and therefore concentrated on, pol- on po- uh, poverty eradication priority. Mm-hmm. Africa need to prioritize poverty eradication mm-hmm. and poverty eradication is not about preaching to the people about poverty eradication right it is basically you have policies that target you know poverty mm-hmm. uh, developmental ecological mm-hmm. uh oriented policy projects that uh, ensure that africa emerge from poverty ever wondered what's actually going on in africa through the perspective of an african How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? 
Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Players born after the millennium are dominating the CBA headlines with buzzer-beating shots and stunning slam dunks in the latest rounds of action. What makes these young talents special? Are they the solution to Chinese basketball's resurgence? Find out more in this week's Sideline Story on your favorite podcast listening apps. Subscribe to Sideline Story and join us in the hottest sports discussions and analysis. Still to continue, would you say this whole concept of a shared future for mankind is it a progressive idea? And do you feel do you see small countries in Africa being able to contribute? Also, considering that Africa is one of the, the least developed regions in the world, what is your take? Yes, it can. It can help Africa emerge because uh, first and foremost, what Africa needs are markets, right. and China is opening up. It's market for Africa, so that is important.、Mm-hmm. The second thing is the technological cooperation. It is possible for Africa to advance、mm-hmm. uh, because China itself has—I mean—has、um, opened its market.、Mm-hmm. Is providing technological support to Africa.、Mm-hmm. So the idea that、uh, you know a community of shared destiny for mankind、mm-hmm. must be interpreted to mean、mm-hmm. sharing goals. That we have,、mm-hmm. sharing opportunities that we have,、mm-hmm. sharing the kindness、mm-hmm. and spreading peace and peace among nations, so that we can work together.、Mm. So that is that is my interpretation of this. Okay,、uh, Professor Jaufei. Oh yeah. So let's hear from you. I, I like the idea that、um, pr- what Professor Kagwanja has just mentioned here. That if we look at this whole concept in that it's about sharing to develop one another. It would work out well, rather than looking at it as to say who said it and who who did it and what am I giving and what am I getting back. It would work out well,、uh, especially in the case of Africa. But now I'd like to hear from you.、Uh, when we look at China's vision of a community of a shared future, it has been criticized by some in the West as a symbol of the country's quest to become a dominant power in the world. Is this a fair criticism?、Um, actually, I think. To be honest, if the policy is good for people living、mm-hmm. and for the peaceful and happiness, I will support and encourage. It shouldn't be criticized unfriendly. Okay.、Uh, as we know,、uh, there's a lot of challenge at the moment for all the world. We facing the problems that、like、climate change, the terrorism, and the poverty, and also we need to protect our environment, right? Right. We have so common we, problems. We As a, we should have to has a a good guideline to to looking、uh, after our family, yeah, for our earth. So create a community shared future、uh, can be shared and be benefit to all the people.、Mm. Uh, just know,、uh, like Peter said about uh, Africa, uh, we need to、uh, yeah to overcome the poverty. China as well, we have uh, uh, has been overcome the problem for poverty. But we also need to work together.、Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right, Professor Kagwanja. Yes. In your opinion, what would be the consequences if the global community stopped working together? 
is joining together likely to cause more conflicts? Then? It is it's imperative that uh, humanity work together. Okay. Particularly within the framework of uh, multilateralism. Okay. Now, two, it is also necessary that the uh, humanity uh, you avoid conflict. For mm-hmm. example, what we are experiencing in Ukraine, uh, between uh, Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. which is largely a, a proxy war. It's a proxy war between, you know, Russia and NATO. Mm-hmm. And and the NATO here is actually the aggressor. So this is not very, very kind to say. Mm-hmm. But it is, NATO is the aggressor because it is the one, uh, you know, Ukraine in order to weaken Russia. Russia. And you can recently uh, watch um, uh, media, uh, particularly in, in the U.S., about what they are doing in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, Russia finds itself fighting not only Ukraine, but other countries. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of conflict does not contribute to the well-being of humanity. But what we have experienced in Africa is that we have now, uh, you know, for those commodities that we have been relying on, upon in terms of importing maize, wheat, Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, cooking oil and others are from Ukraine. They are not available. Mm. So we need to return to the concept of shared uh, destiny for money. Sure. So, where community, the, the international community, where humanity yeah, begin to consider itself as a, a group of people in one ship. Mm. If it is sink, we all sink together. Mm. We must stay afloat, otherwise we'll sink. Mm. And, and when, you, when you don't adhere to multilateralism or don't you don't respect the idea of working together within established institutions like the united nations mm. and you start waging for whether it's open or proxy or proxy against other countries mm-hmm. conflict is natural to, to humanity mm. the, we must peaceful means mm. to end this con- end conflict or to resolve conflict mm-hmm. we cannot always resort to war because we think we are greater powers than others. All countries, the world must be considered as equal mm. and interfering in the internal affairs of other countries for whatever reason is not a contribution to peace. Mm. Therefore, building a community of shared destiny for mankind requires that we restrain ourselves from behaving in hegemonic patterns, right. you know, undermining mm. the stability of other countries just because they are weak. Mm. Mm. Uh, ensuring that countries live in harmony mm-hmm. is part and parcel of building that community of shared destiny for mankind. Mm, thank you. And so so what message does China send to the global society through this concept of a, a shared future for mankind? Uh, I'm going to sh- uh, ask Professor Zhao Fei to take this question. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I will see uh, three points. First, we need a uh, good cultures uh, to share by all people. Okay. Uh, we are in a great family, right? So uh, we are not alone on a great world, and then the whole world is uh, one family. So we need a community, yeah, sharing the same language and the uh, whole common goals. Uh, mm-hmm. The second is uh, uh, be, uh, we, we need uh, the teaching how to fish, or not just give, give a fish, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Particularly for the young people, we, we need to uh, give them good education and the training. Mm-hmm. And that has the technology and the innovating ability mm-hmm. uh, to sustainable development. Mm-hmm. For example, we also can use the modern uh, techniques like the digital and uh, also the 
marketing ability for e-commerce mm -hmm. and for science innovation. Uh, not being included in the eight action and the nine engineering of the Chinese government as mm -hmm. well. Mm. Um, so uh, if the young people and the, the children can has a, a good health and the career development, I think we will have a bright future. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, professors, Professor Kogwanja and Professor Zhao Fei, thank you. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for on this program. Thank you so much for sharing your insights as to this concept of a shared future for mankind. Thank you, thank Bridget. You. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.